This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today is Thursday, December 1st, 2022, and Elon Musk strikes back. Elon scores massive free speech win against Apple over Apple Store feud, promises to reveal the election interference at Twitter. He says he has the receipts, and guess what? He owns the company, so he does own everything, and he's going to bring it, baby. CNN continues sweeping layoffs, woke purge, and Nancy Pelosi is officially voted out of power in the Democrat Party. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we wish to bring you good news and good tidings to this wonderful holiday season. Now we are victorious in our battle for free speech. I would trade every Republican Senate in my lifetime for Elon Musk owning Twitter. I think that Elon Musk owning Twitter is perhaps the most important thing in our current era. Elon Musk has personally done more to liberate conservatives online and free speech than every Republican combined holding elected office for the last 40 years. A Shame on all of them and hang your heads. You were tasked with protecting us, with protecting people who work on this show, people who were wrongfully censored because they were too good at speaking truth. And you, Republican Party, could not protect our first right in this country. You don't have a country without a First Amendment. It is a prerequisite to a Republican democracy. It is a prerequisite to free thought is free speech. If you cannot speak freely, you cannot think freely, you cannot live freely, you cannot move freely, you cannot worship freely. The First Amendment is first for a reason. This is why on this show, we will state unequivocally that Elon Musk has done more to protect and preserve the republic than any Republican currently holding office. It wasn't. Kevin McCarthy or Mitch McConnell, who went through and liberated ALX, an executive producer of this show, and thousands of other accounts, seemingly tens of thousands of other accounts. There are 65,000 banned accounts at Twitter that will presumably be coming back online, thanks to Elon Musk. It isn't Republicans who investigated and are going to get to the bottom of election interference at Twitter. Have you even seen a Republican call for that? It was Elon Musk, a guy who voted for Barack Obama, a guy who voted for Joe Biden, I think. I don't know. But he's open about voting for Obama. It was him. What a flaccid, mealy mouth, genuflecting, embarrassing group of Linguini spined weasels that we have representing us in Washington, D.C. Not a single one of them liberated you or your speech online. If you were watching this program on Facebook or on Rumble, well, first off, God bless you, or on YouTube, 
But know this, that this program has to fight through and battle through and savagely work to break through algorithms on every single one of these platforms in order to get, well, not on Rumble, not on Rumble. We're very cl we're close with Rumble. We love Rumble. And we try our hardest to be to 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 get to you, right? We try our hardest to play the game right. And sometimes it's just so censorous. It's so difficult to break the matrix. And Elon Musk has done it. Elon Musk has not only done it, but he's now making some of the largest companies and most powerful evil organizations in the world bend the knee and grovel. It is something unlike anything we've ever seen. And it, it, you must stand and you must look at the landscape and say, who has actually done something for me? Talk is cheap. Who's done something? Who's delivered for me? Who's made this war? Who brought Donald Trump back? to Donald Trump didn't bring Donald Trump back. Elon Musk brought Donald Trump's account back online at Twitter. Elon Musk said, I don't really agree with Donald Trump's tweets, and I'm probably not going to vote for him. But ladies and gentlemen, Elon Musk said what we are doing is righting a wrong. This president broke no rules. In fact, shockingly, if you look at Donald Trump's account, which you can now, and you look at Donald Trump's last tweets, it's about talking about going peacefully to the Capitol building. March there peacefully. Hey, the Capitol police are great people. Don't fight them. It's amazing. It's almost like they wanted to eliminate the evidence. And now it turns out that Elon Musk has the evidence. And because Elon Musk has the evidence of election interference and government interference in tech and corporate media, he is going to reveal all of these texts, all of these DMs. It's a powerful thing to have access to all of the emails and all the DMs. Powerful thing. Great leverage point, actually. And now, as Dr. Robert Malone tells us in an interview that will be released soon on Newsmax, uh, this is the blackmail <laughs> treasure trove of the century that Elon Musk has inherited at Twitter. And now you're starting to see the rats run. The most powerful company, arguably, in the world, Apple. Apple is the richest company on the planet in cash reserves as trillions of dollars. Nobody argues with this. The largest company on planet Earth, trillions of dollars sitting there in the bank, is going to bend the knee to Twitter. Apple breaks. Apple pressed into apple juice by Elon Musk. Elon Musk has massive free speech victory after announcing that Twitter will stay on the App Store. And Tim Cook apologized. <laughs> it's too good. Elon Musk met with Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, and the CEO of Apple bent the knee, kissed the ring, kissed the blue bird, and said, please, may I have some more? Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Elon Musk met with Tim Cook on Apple's campus on Wednesday, described as a good conversation. Cook made it clear the Apple store would never remove Twitter. Elon Musk. He tweeted it and said this about the meeting. Uh, I am thankful for Tim Cook and the tour of the Apple campus. He said he would never withhold Twitter from the Apple store. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the um, video, I guess, of the Apple campus that uh, 
Elon visited. Check it out. What would you do if you were an Apple employee and you 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 went out to get your you know coffee break or vape break? And here's Elon Musk. You see his chat. It's Elon Musk like filming your office. <laughs> oh man, Apple uh, has mostly stopped advertising on Twitter. Elon Musk said they hate free speech. This is what started, of course, this tryst between the two of them. This tiff. And on Monday, Musk went on a tirade against Apple. Proving, I guess, that Donald Trump's tactics work. Offense works. Again, why is Elon Musk delivering more for free speech and for conservatives online than any of our feckless, mealy-mouthed, weak-knees, ball-gag simps of Republicans, corporate Republicans? We're not talking like the good people. We're not talking Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene. We're talking Mitch McConnell. And the groveling human oatmeal that wobble around him, the Senate leadership. I would trade every Republican Senate in my lifetime for Elon Musk having control of Twitter. And he's delivering for us, ladies and gentlemen. In a series of tweets on Monday, here's how it started. The billionaire CEO of Twitter and SpaceX accused the smartphone maker of no longer advertising on Twitter, insinuating that because the company is trying to censor him, censor his content, and kick it off the platform. Later on Monday, Musk created a poll on social media asking his followers if Apple should publish all the censorship actions that they've taken against their users. 85% agreed the poll garnered 2 million votes. The poll of bringing Donald Trump back, it was like, it was like 16 million people. More people voted in, vote on Elon Musk's Twitter polls than vote in presidential elections in states like Florida and New York and California. It's remarkable. 16 million. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is the holiday season, and we were expecting to find a wonderful glowing red present under our Christmas tree, a red wave, and unfortunately it was more like a red wave for a kiddie pool. And so we may be left with more disastrous spending from Joe Biden, more taxes and deepening inflation. How do you protect what you have saved? The answer is to diversify your IRA or 401k into precious metals. And you should do that with my friends at Birch Gold Group. Text Benny to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. These are great people with almost 20 years' experience in converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals, something with real value. Don't allow the left to devalue your savings, especially this Christmas. Text Benny to 989898 to claim your free no-obligation info kit on Birch Gold. Again, you can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account, and Birch Gold will help you do it. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out now. Text Benny to 989898. 98 to secure your future. Go gold. Do it today. Did y'all catch ALX on uh, Timcast last night? My boy, ALX back. The redemption and revenge arc of ALX. So choice, ladies and gentlemen. So good. He is one of the people who was kicked offline. And let me tell you this. It wasn't a single Republican leader that brought ALX back. It was Elon Musk. And Elon Musk's purchase of this platform. And so we say thanks, dude. Elon Musk confirms that Twitter has interfered with elections once again. It wasn't the bloviating 
of Republicans on Capitol Hill, some of whom we like very much. We love, for instance, Jim Jordan. We're big fans of James Comer. We look forward to seeing what they do in the majority. But it was actually Elon Musk who is now going to be revealing that Twitter interfered in elections. Bombshell, nuclear weaponry that Elon Musk dropped into the political zeitgeist yesterday. Elon Musk confirmed on Wednesday that Twitter had interfered in elections. Wow. Check it out. There was a response to a report from Reuters about Twitter's move to free speech under Musk. He replied, the obvious reality, as longtime users know, is that Twitter has failed in trust and safety for a very long time, has interfered in elections. Twitter 2.0 will be far more effective, transparent, and even-handed. So what does it mean? What does this mean, Twitter interfered in elections? What is the truth of all of this? Well, a couple things. And it's very important to state Twitter is a private company. Yeah, Twitter didn't used to be a private company. It was a publicly traded company. That doesn't mean it's private. That means it's publicly traded. It means it's owned by millions of people. Twitter had a board. Twitter had fiduciary duties. Twitter had a major group of people who were investors in it. Elon Musk did turn it into a private company. So before the left used to scream, it's a private company. It could do it. It's life. That wasn't true, but now it is. And so let me state it effectively. Twitter is a private company. It can do what it wants. And what Elon Musk is doing is going through the receipts at Twitter and looking at the individual actions. For instance, the banning and censorious actions against the Hunter Biden laptop story, which is, of course, true, verified and real. Is this what he means? When he talks about election interference, is it worse? Ladies and gentlemen, we'll cover exactly what's going on now as it pertains to the actual censors of that story and what they had to do and how they are panicking now that Elon Musk is going to reveal their actions. You can always tell on the left what happens when people are in real trouble. They go scurrying like rats to the rotted cheese of the corporate media edifice infrastructure. They go to these little conferences attended by like 12 people, the same dumb, smooth brain libs in the audience of the Stephen Colbert show that clap. I clapped. I clapped because you told me to clap. These people, it's incredible. They run and you're seeing the censors now suddenly scurry out from their rat holes to try and get ahead of what Elon Musk is about to do to them. It's a beautiful thing. So Elon Musk is going to be releasing the Twitter election interference files. Only a few days ago, Musk made the announcement that the Twitter files on free speech suppression will soon be published on Twitter itself. The public deserves to know what really happened. It's long been believed that Twitter interfered in the 2020 general election by suppressing the New York Post's bombshell report revelations against the Biden family political influence mafia and crime syndicate gleaned from Hunter Biden's laptop. The great ALX was up in Elon Musk's Menchies. He was also up on TimCast last night. We encourage you to go back and rewatch TimCast's broadcast yesterday with ALX. A Musk vowed to the executive producer of this show to be releasing the Hunter Biden laptop interference stories because it would be necessary to restore public trust. 
Now, this has, of course, made its way all the way up to the man who will be in charge of GOP investigations, the Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan, last night. He had this to say about Twitter's interference in elections. If they interfered with elections, is there any illegality in that? Well, well, we'll find out what they did, but what we, we know what they, what, what they did relative to the Hunter Biden story. And I thought Peter Ducey's question was right on target when he asked the, the, the White House press secretary, are you going to go weigh in with these tech companies when you find information on these platforms that you don't like? Well, the answer to that question is they already have. They already did. They did it just days before the most important election we have, the presidential election in October of 2020, when the FBI went out and talked to Facebook and said, hey, be on the lookout for Russian disinformation. And that just happened to be at the same time, 51 former Intel officials who all probably have their, still have their security clearance had put out this letter saying the Hunter Biden story has all the earmarks of a Russian disinformation operation. So they've already done the very thing Peter Ducey asked the press secretary about today. What are you going to do when you realize that everything that you believe to be true is a lie? What? are you going to do? How are you going to react when the world crumbles around you and when the normies wake up and they recognize precisely what Twitter did in believing and then actioning on the intel agencies and federal law enforcement attempting to rig an election? Because that's where it really goes back to. Federal law enforcement. Mark Zuckerberg was on Joe Rogan's podcast and he said it was the FBI that came to us and said to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story. And so we reduced it, which is Zuckerberg terms for uh, we made sure no one could see this. Now, at Twitter, they actually punished you for sharing this story. Now, I have no knowledge and no evidence that Facebook ever punished people for sharing the story, but they reduced circulation of the story, meaning they made it essentially impossible to see. At Twitter, they made it painful for you. They harmed you if you shared this story. And they did that at the behest of the national security state, which wanted Joe Biden to win a national security state and federal law enforcement that currently were working for Donald Trump. Interesting that. So Donald Trump is the chief executive. The FBI is simply an executive order. Do you know the FBI could be undone with the stroke of a pen? The stroke of a pen. Boom. And then the FBI is gone. So the FBI works at the pleasure of the president. So does all of the intel agencies. And these agencies with these giant black budgets sat there and rigged a presidential election against the guy who was their boss. Well, I mean, if this doesn't sound like a coup attempt, I don't know what does. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just the reality. We have the polling that proves it. We have the behavior that proves it. The man who was directly responsible, his name was Yoel Roth. His ass has been fired by Elon Musk, kicked out of Twitter because of his censorous actions and his election rigging actions here from the Post's famous October 2020 expose on the Hunter Biden laptop. Now, the New York Post deserves all of the credit for breaking this story. Miranda Devine, a friend of the show, often on talking about the Hunter Biden laptop story. They broke this story knowing the heat that they would get and the smoke that they would get. Yoel Roth, who was Twitter's head of trust and safety until he quit in November in the wake of Eli, what we heard from our sources that he was fired. Takeover confessed on Tuesday that the company erred in restricting people from sharing the scoop. 
Roth appeared to deflect blame, of course, insisting that even though he had concerns about the authenticity of the first son's device, that it never gotten to the point that he thought the story should be suppressed. Oh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Christmas came early this year for The Benny Show. The only thing that we wanted for Christmas was a free speech platform, and we were able to get it this year. And it is perfectly harmonious with our free speech cellular service that we use at Pure Talk. We were certainly tired of paying more for woke wireless companies that bend the knee to communist China, and that is why our team at Team Benny uses Pure Talk. It has blazing fast data and for just 30 bucks a month. Yeah, the same network, the same towers, the same coverage as the other guys, and half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice coverage. How do I know? Well, I am a customer. My business uses Pure Talk, and all of the benefits really add up for us. They're also a U.S.-based customer service company. They're owned by a veteran. And when you switch to puretalk.com and enter the promo code Benny, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com and enter the promo code Benny, and you can switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Free speech. Go to puretalk.com, promo code Benny, save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk. Simply smarter wireless. So now you know. What happens with these people when they are guilty and when a bombshell is about to hit, they go out and they start to grovel and they go to these safe little confabs of libs, like 10 people in the audience, and they pray and they beg for forgiveness. Sam Bankman-Fried did this just yesterday. It was grotesque, grotesque, and we we're going we're to cover that later in the show. Man, wait till you see what Sam Bankman-Fried of FTX went out and did. It'll make your skin crawl. This is what the New York Post cover looks like today. The New York Post, of course, doing a victory lap here. Twits about time. Two years later, Twitter censor admits that blocking the Post story was wrong. Elon Musk says that Twitter interfered in the election. Here's what Yoel Roth had to say. Also, isn't it amazing how all these people, they always sound the same. It's the same thing. This is what happens, by the way, when you reduce testosterone, sperm count, and you instead replace that with soy. Sam Bankman-Fried sounds the exact same. This like lispy, limp-wristed, emasculated, eunuch male. This is These are the kind of men that are destroying the world, these weak men. If you think strong men are dangerous, masculine men are dangerous, wait till you see what weak men are capable of. Paraphrasing, I think, Jordan Peterson there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Yoel Roth, the man who censored the story that probably won the election for Joe Biden. We have the data to prove it. Watch. And so the morning of the Hunter Biden story in the New York Post happens. And it was weird, right? With distance and with, with what we know now, we, we forget some of the weirdness. But do you remember the, the laptop repair guy? Do you remember the uncertainty of the, of the whole story? We didn't know what to believe. We didn't know what was true. There was, there was smoke. And ultimately for me, uh, it didn't reach a place where I was comfortable removing this content from Twitter. But it set off every single one of my finely tuned APT28 hack and leak campaign alarm right, bells. So it looked possibly probably. It, everything about it looked you like a hack not, and leak and smelled like a hack and leak. You did not want to do that. But it didn't get there for me. Right. And this is, you know, the, the, 
work of content moderation is write a policy, create a system of governance, and then evaluate some new crazy situation Why? against those standards. Why the need to do it? No. Mm, uh, so create some new system of safety. And it's all about safety. It wasn't about liar. Liar. Let's start with that. They knew that this was real and they censored it in order to win the presidency for Joe Biden. That's why they censored it. They didn't see smoke and the threshing is this threshing everything. They didn't see that. They censored it because they knew it was going to hurt their boy. They took true information about a man who's running for the highest office in the land and then they shoved it directly behind a censorship wall. They forced reporters who reported on it to apologize. Jake Sherman, to his great shame, scum, Punchbowl News, now what he runs, had to sit there and grovel and apologize. He was running political playbook at the time. And they censored it, and then they punished you for sharing it. This was collusion to attempt to assist in rigging an election. We have the data to prove it. Rasmussen poll found that 66% of Republicans believe that it was unlikely that Joe Biden would have been elected president if the media had fully reported out the story about Hunter Biden's laptop into a 2020 election. 27% of Democrats, 50% of unaffiliated voters. Ladies and gentlemen, at the time that Twitter had locked out the Post Story account more than two weeks after the presidential election, Media Research Center went and polled people who voted in that election and said, do you know anything about Hunter Biden? Do you know anything about the Biden crime family? And they had nothing to say. They said, no. If you knew that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden were corrupt and contemptible and were utilizing the office of the presidency in order to gain personally, would you have voted for them? And they said, no. These are people who are actively and aggressively attempting to influence your elections through social media and through corporate interference from social media companies. These people are attempting to rig your country by attempting to affect the information that you can see. They're attempting to rig the process of our republic by changing the way that you think, the way that you can talk, the items that you can discuss. This is why we spend time on this, to expose precisely what they are doing and why they are doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, now that the New York Post is vindicated, we are very happy for them. They've been dancing uh, on the grave of this story. And we have a celebration clip for you. Morning, Brian, Angel, and Steve. And if you look at that New York Post cover, you'll see on the top, two years later now, the safety chief is conceding they shouldn't have shut the story down. Well, let's go back two years if we can. This is what war the, the warning that the users saw when they tried to see the New York Post Hunter Biden story. It says there, as you can read it, this link may be unsafe. In fact, the Post account was even locked out for two weeks during that period. Well, now the guy who played a key role in censoring that story named Yol 
Paul Roth admits they made the wrong call, saying this in an interview. We didn't know what to believe. We didn't know what was true. There was smoke. And ultimately, for me, it didn't reach a place where I was comfortable removing this content from Twitter. But it set off every single one of my finely tuned APT28 hack and leak campaign alarm bells. Then when asked if it was a, quote, mistake, Roth says, in my opinion, the answer is yes. This is Twitter's new chief, Elon Musk, is teasing he will soon expose details on how and why the story got obstructed. Okay, so Elon Musk is going to be exposing how it got obstructed. The Intercept writes that the Department of Homeland Security is broadening its efforts to curb free speech as it continues down the path of censoring regular Americans in spite of the fact that Nina Jankowicz and her disinformation board was disbanded. The Intercept has a full investigation here. It's very, very long. But the crux of the investigation is that they have the documents that prove that federal law enforcement went to social media companies and censored Americans, asked for specific Americans to be censored. This is the report. We encourage you to read it. It is the most valuable report on this subject online. They leaked it to The Intercept, which is a far left site because they're scared. They did this because they knew Elon was going to take over and they knew Elon was going to do what he's doing right now. They are attempting to get ahead of the story. This is why Joel Roth is going out and groveling and apologizing for what he did, saying that he made a mistake. Oh, really? What does that mean? Does that mean Joe Biden is no longer president? What does that mean? Does it mean we get a, we get a do over? No. They got their result. They ripped you off. They interfered in the knowledge base that you had and that voters had, and they ripped you off. They stole from you. This report proves that companies like Google, Microsoft, and Twitter, and Facebook have backdoor access for federal law enforcement to request takedowns or deletions of various pieces of content that they don't like. This exists. What happens when you realize that the world that you live in is fake? What happens when you realize that the world that you live in and the government that you believe that serves you, well, you actually serve it. You're inside of a manufactured slave state, much like communist China. What happens when the blinders are off? We wish to cover the story because we wish for this to never happen again. You live inside of a psyop and it's time for people to wake up. Elon Musk says as much. Elon Musk says this is a battle for the future of civilization. If free speech is lost, even in America, tyranny is all that lies ahead. Soon to be published, ladies and gentlemen, the Twitter files saving civilization from these goons, from these people who created a fake reality, a clown world for all of us to live in. So we say, Godspeed, Elon Musk, continue. And thanks, you've done more to liberate free speech and to save our republic than every single elected Republican currently serving in office. Godspeed. The Knot is where you'll find vendors for every wedding. Floral to fawn over. Cakes you almost don't want to cut. Oh, it looks so good. DJs to drop it to. Venues worthy of your grid. Photographers that make every hour golden hour. 
really vendors for any vibe. With the help of fresh reviews and a few useful filters, you can find your vendors faster than you can say, I do. The Not Vendor Marketplace. Find vendors for every wedding at thenot.com slash audio. Peter Ducey asked yesterday at Cringing Pierre if the White House is going to delete their Twitter account based on the fact that the White House hates what's happening at Twitter, hates that free speech is happening, in spite of the fact that they have to swear into office to uphold certain values, free speech being among them, the White House acting very much in line with communist China by saying, no, they actually don't like free speech. And no, they're going to be actively watching and keeping an eye on Elon Musk. This exchange was absolute gold. Check it out. Question about Twitter. Um, you know, there's a researcher at, at Stanford who says that this is a critical moment, really, in terms of um, ensuring that Twitter does not become a vector for misinformation. I mean, are you concerned about the, you know, Elon Musk says there's more and more uh, subscribers coming online. Are you concerned about that? And what tools do you have? Who is it at the White House that is really keeping track of this? So, look, this is something that we're certainly uh, keeping an eye on. And uh, look, um, we, you know. Okay, so first off, if you want to know how democracy dies, it's not in darkness, according to The Washington Post, is because of feral Deeply unhappy, cringy, elder liberal women like that who have no joy in their life and no happiness and their only job is to sit there and to regurgitate what their Marxist adjacent masters have ordered them to say at the White House. Women like that, unhappy old white women like that are truly, truly going to become uh, the reason why democracy dies, okay? Because what you see there is a free press arguing against the freedom of press, the freedom of speech. So you have the full inversion there, right? You have the full inversion. They are protected by free speech, and then they are going to then bite the hand that feeds them. They're going to destroy the very thing that protects them. It's an absolute sickening cycle. There, that cringy reporter, it's, it's, she's, she works for Reuters. It cannot be stated enough exactly how malevolent of a, a question like that is. What tools do you have to limit free speech on Twitter? You know, the freedom of the press is, exists inside of the First Amendment. That's the very same amendment that protects you. So she's arguing, and this is very important, for hierarchy. So there is a hierarchy where she's allowed free speech and freedom of press, but you're not. You see, because they're better than you. Peter Ducey, of course, asking this of Corinne Jean-Pierre at the White House. You hate, you hate Twitter so much and you're keeping an eye on it. Why don't you delete the White House Twitter account? We, I mean... I, of course, the entire internet would cheer. Watch. On another subject, when are you guys going to delete the White House Twitter account? Why would we do that? Well, you're saying that you're keeping an eye on Twitter because it might not be a suitable platform. So why use it? Look, 
I want to be very clear here. The president has always said, and he has been very, very uh, clear in his belief that it is important of social media platforms to continue to take steps to reduce hate speech and misinformation. And he will continue to say that. Uh, but media platforms make independent choices about their information uh, that they present. And so, uh, look, I, I don't have anything to share on any policy or any changes that we will be making. Uh, we have multiple platforms, as you know, uh, that we use utilize uh, to communicate with the American people. So you're not going to be deleting the White House Twitter account because that would, that would be absolutely incredible. Please. We're begging you. KJP, go in there. Go in there. We can show you how to do it in Twitter. And it's very easy. A couple clicks and you just delete. You just delete the account. Joe Biden doesn't write his own tweets anyway. Right. I mean, it's like if you were to hand Joe Biden that phone, you'd have like an you'd have, he'd have an aneurysm. He doesn't write his own tweets anyway. So why not? Just do it. Do it. If such a poisonous, dangerous platform, it's really remarkable the number of celebrities that remain on Twitter, the number of lefties who remain on Twitter. Alyssa Milano tweeted this weekend that she would she traded in her Tesla for a uh, car company that was designed by Adolf Hitler in order to fight white supremacy. Yet she won't delete Twitter. Interesting that. So uh, Ducey also asked Karine Jean-Pierre what it means by monitoring Twitter. I thought the argument here was that it's a private company and it can do what it wants. Isn't that what we heard all last spring? Twitter's a private company. It can do what it wants. Have a listen. When you say that you're going to be monitoring some of the speech on there, if you see something that you don't like, would you try to shut Twitter down? So look... You know, when you when you talk about monitoring, you know, it is uh, I, I hate to break it to you, Peter, just like everybody else. We very much monitor the news. We pay close attention to everything that you all are reporting and and Twitter's in the news a lot. And so that's what we're paying attention to. We're paying attention to what is in the news and what is being reported on uh, on the misinformation that's out there. Let's not forget there's groups like NAACP, the Anti-Defamation League, and the public health leaders have been very vocal about their concerns as well. So yes, we are uh, reading what you all are, are writing and, and looking at what you all are reporting uh, about the misinformation uh, that is out there. But you know, I would hope that all Americans, uh, including social media, Media companies, civil rights organizations I just laid out, including Fox as well, will agree that uh, we need to, uh, you know, we need to, uh, to, uh, you know, call out hate speech and misinformation. <laughs> okay, so the best part about Karine Jean-Pierre is that she wouldn't be able to put a sentence together without staring directly at her papers in front. You ever notice that this is her tick? She's like, has to stare at talking points the entire time. That's why all of her, uh, her best answers are given with her head like this. You only see, you see like the top of her head. Okay. And you, you'd consider there, there'd be some glass in her hair because she's broken so many, shattered so many glass ceilings. I mean, you really, every time I look, I'm like, is there that glass there this morning? Ladies and gentlemen, Cringing Pierre is lying. She, we know this because somebody who had very red hair before Cringing Pierre said that the White House openly flagged content that they didn't like. You may recall back in the glory days when old Chucky was sharpening knives from the press dais 
She said, yes, of course we flag information we don't like. What are you talking about? We're not here to protect the First Amendment. We're here to make sure that social credit comes to America and that if you say something we don't like, then you'll get debanked. Hmm. Did I say too much, Klaus Schwab? I don't know. I'm not sure. Jen Psaki, throwback. This is a big issue of misinformation, specifically on the pandemic. In terms of actions, Alex, that uh, we have taken or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook. We, this is the white, it is a voice of the president. We are flagging problematic posts that we don't like. We're doing it specifically. In case you're wondering if the inmates have taken over the asylum, this is it. This is it. And this is what Elon's exposing. This is why Apple is bending the knee. In conclusion, this is why what Elon's doing is more important and his work has uh, borne more fruits than anything Republicans have done. Elon goes on offense. This show goes on offense. Elon goes on offense. He is changing the world for the better because he's doing something about it. These scum are limiting your free speech. And Elon's putting a stop to it. It's, it's, it's a wild thing to do. It's a wild thing to see. And it is a it, it is it is a moment in time that we are appreciative of. We will stop fake news simply by having more people become awake to what truth actually is. And the more that happens, the more there are layoffs at CNN. So meanwhile, at CNN, mass layoffs. Chris Licht informed employees in a recent email that a new round of layoffs are underway. CNN had a round of layoffs in September, which included Brian Stelter and demotion of Don Lemon. Today, we will notify a number of individuals, largely some of our paid contributors, as part of a recalibration of a reporting strategy, the email said. So essentially what that means is that um, people who serially masturbate on uh, camera are no longer going to work at CNN. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin was fired uh, for giving himself a hand uh, on his way out. Um Jeffrey Tubin was fired in one of these rounds of uh, contributors. We hope that SE Cup gets fired. We're sick of seeing fake Republican. Like, would it hurt you to have a real conservative on these? Cha- like, would it hurt you to have somebody who actually represents the base? SE Cup doesn't represent Republicans. She like, if SE Cup th- like threw an event and like went speaking somewhere. Would anyone show up? Would any Republicans show up? Of course not. Stop having fake Republicans. Stop painting them with a makeup shotgun and then trotting them out as though they represent our movement. They don't represent our movement. They have no followers. They have no audience. Stop parading them out as though they somehow like speak for the Republican base. All these people need to be fired and good for Chris Licht for cleaning out that plagued, diseased rat house that was CNN, man. How disgusting. Don Lemon, for instance, in one of his last broadcasts, to show you exactly how how thorough the rot goes, normally royal family experts are not roasting CNN hosts back to the third century, but that's exactly what happened when Don Lemon went on 
again, this is the clip of the century, and was asking in the wake of the queen's funeral about slavery and reparations from the royal family. And Don Lemon gets BTFO'd with a royal scepter and the crown jewels by this royal family expert. Check it out. Well, this is coming when, you know, there's all of this wealth and you hear about it comes as England is facing rising costs of living, a living crisis, austerity budget cuts and so on. And then you have those who are asking uh, for reparations for colonialism. And they're wondering, you know, $100 billion, $24 billion here and there, $500 million there. Some people want to be paid back and uh, and members of the public are wondering, why are we suffering when you are you know, you have all of this vast wealth. Those are legitimate concerns. Well, I think you're right about reparations in terms of if people want it, though, what they need to do is you always need to go back to the beginning of a supply chain. Where was the beginning of the supply chain? That was in Africa. And when that crossed the entire world, when the slavery was taking place, which was the first nation in the world that abolished sla uh, slavery? The first nation in the world to abolish it. It was started by William Wilberforce, was the British. In, in Great Britain, they abolished slavery. 2,000 naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages. Absolutely. That's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died at the, in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time. It's an interesting discussion, Hillary. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll continue to, to discuss in the future. So remember the impact of the supply, the supply chain crisis on the economy during... <laughs> We'll uh, continue to discuss that uh, in the future. Don Lemon getting bent over this royal family expert's knee and spanked with the crown jewels. <laughs> we'll, we'll continue uh, to discuss it in the future. Don Lemon lost his show after that broadcast. A thing of beauty. Another thing of beauty is Greg Gutfeld red wrecking human potato hybrid Brian Stelter on his way out. Brian Stelter uh, unceremoniously fired from CNN. And this is, again, just a thing of beauty. Put it in Cooperstown. Go. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. First of all, we have some sad news for this show. Brian Stelter is leaving CNN. Oh. I know. Yeah, apparently he wants to spend more time with his food. <laughs> I kid the pop and fresh king. I'm going to miss him. How much? Well, this much. And the press were so quiet on CNN, you could hear Stelter's stomach growling. I can't control myself. Just like Brian Stelter at Krispy Kreme. Like Brian Stelter trapped in a Frito-Lay warehouse. They eat everything from the inside. Like butter at Brian Stelter's dinner table. It's spreading everywhere. No heartfelt birthday wishes from CNN's chubby, grubby Teletubby. CNN's roly-poly gossip goalie. 
But anyone who thinks that boobs are more common in women than in men clearly have never seen Brian Stelter jogging. That worked out about as well as Brian Stelter's personal trainer. But hey, let's cut Brian some slack. He's got a lot on his plate right now. <laughs> What the hell am I going to do now? <laughs> Gutfeld! Way to go. You can see why he's beating all of the corporate late-night hosts in the ratings and why Brian Seltzer was fired and why Brian Seltzer is probably weeping right now, staring at Twitter, because Brian Seltzer has never been invited to anyone's party ever. Brian Seltzer had this to say as it pertained to Elon Musk doing exactly what he's doing right now on Twitter. You would turn it into a party with no rules. Who wants to go to a party with no rules? <laughs> Watch. Look, who knows? I, I think that's a, a that's a that's a, a, an example of a broader question for Twitter, which is if you uh, if you get invited to something where there are no rules, where there is total freedom uh, for, for everybody, do you actually want to go to that party or are you going to decide to stay home? And that's a question for Twitter users. Some Twitter users might love the idea. There's going to be absolutely no moderation and no rules at all. Others might not want to be anywhere near that. Am I, am I crazy, Matt? No, no, you're right. And what, what happens to the advertising? I mean, if there's no moderation or little moderation, do the right. advertisers stay away? What does that do to the, yeah. the business prospects for Twitter itself? Right. I think that's very much. What if you go to a party and there's no rules? I only ever get invited to parties with rules. When I get invited to a party, there's a big set of rules. I got to look through it with my wife. I want to see if I want to follow the rules or not follow the rules. Like these people have never been invited to parties. No one's ever invited Brian Stelter to a party. No one's ever wanted to be around these people. They are joyless cretins. You don't want to be around these people. They are sad smelly individuals and they creep me out like Sam Bankman Freed, who was inexplicably still invited to a New York Times event confab yesterday where the same smug a-holes that sit there and condescend you online and then watch CNN. These people who cheer on the censorship who are against free speech in our country. They all gathered in a little room in downtown Manhattan and they watched Sam Bankman freed a literal fraudster who committed a larger fraud than Bernie Madoff, who stole the life savings of many people. Like sit there and Sam Bankman freed was like shaking and wiggling. What do you see these clips? He's like shaking and wiggling online. And of course, he's talking in that emasculated, zero testosterone, zero testicles, like zero, uh, 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 zero fluid in his body other than soy. This like lispy, weak, like ferile mannerisms. Just like Yoel Roth, it's these men, these soy-infused men that are destroying the world. We need more strong men. We need more people with actual masculine energy in this country. It's these creeps that are destroying everything. A man with masculine energy in his body, Tucker, had this to say about Sam Bankman-Fried being allowed to speak at this New York Times event. But the main takeaway from the whole thing is that Sam Bankman-Fried isn't stupid. He knows he's bulletproof. He knows the Democratic Party and the SEC and his friend Gary Gensler won't touch him. So watch Sam Bankman-Fried explain that actually he's not very worried about criminal charges. How concerned are you about criminal liability at this point? 
so I don't think that, I mean, obviously I don't, I don't personally think that I have, uh, you know, but I, I think the real answer is that's not, it sounds weird to say, but, but it, I think the real answer is that's not what I'm focusing on. I mean, look, I, I've had a bad month. Um, this has not been any fun for me, but that's not what matters here. I've had a bad month. It's all about me and my personal journey, but being held accountable by regulators, the Justice Department, the U.S. Congress, these are my friends. I paid for them. Boy, if there's ever been a clear window into the deep corruption we really need to get rid of if we're going to return to representative democracy, it's that right there. So saying Bankman-Fried seems so confident that he's untouchable that he admitted in public to commingling funds between FTX, his crypto exchange and a separate company he controlled. That's the kind of thing that regulators would normally care about, but in this case, for some reason, didn't. Yeah, Sam Bankman-Fried, of course, donated to Republicans and Democrats a lot of money to Democrats, but also to Republicans. Mitch McConnell received an enormous amount of money from Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX. I wonder if Mitch McConnell will be giving that money back. Somebody should ask. Be interesting to hear the response to that. Sam Bankman-Fried, of course, defrauded his clients. He stole their money in order to shove that money in a last ditch effort to save himself towards Democrats and powerful people to try and stave off the prosecution and the jail cell that awaits him. Sam Bankman-Fried responding to a person who said that you stole my life savings. This response will make your skin crawl. One of the, the letters I got uh, I want to read to you, Sam, um, because it's from a gentleman who said that he lost his life savings. Um, and the subject line is Sam Bankman-Fried stole $2 million from me. Says Andrew, can you please ask SBF why he decided to steal my life savings and the $10 billion more from customers to give to his hedge fund, Alameda? Can you ask him why his hedge fund was leveraging long all of these S coins, I'm going to keep it polite for the kids. Please ask him if he thinks the thinks what happened was fraud. These are the kinds of letters that I've been getting repeatedly over the past several days. What do you tell this this man? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm deeply sorry about what happened. Yeah, I mean, I'm really sorry, really sorry about what happened, really. Yoel Roth had the same answer. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry that I assisted in the uh, interference in the 2020 election by uh, deleting and penalizing you for sharing a true story about Hunter Biden. I'm really sorry. Sorry is not enough. Prison cells are enough. Prison cells for life. Bernie Madoff, who committed far less of a fraud, is in jail, I think, for the rest of his life. And Sam Bankman-Fried must follow. We're going to really dig down into exactly how and who should be looking into Sam Bankman-Fried. I mean, obviously the FTC uh, and obviously regulatory bodies inside of Congress. And we're going to ask every single time we have one of these members of Congress on, and we have dozens of members of Congress sometimes on every single month. We are going to ask about this. This man deserves to be prosecuted. He deserves a prison cell in Guantanamo Bay. He likes the Bahamas. He likes it down there. So why not Cuba? Go. This is where Sam Bankman-Fried deserves to go. He defrauded you in order to fund the left and their uh, victories in 2022. That's what he did. He wanted to become the next George Soros. 
Now, apparently, he has $100,000 left in his bank account. That's $100,000 too much, and he should not have access to those accounts. He should be in jail. Sam Bankman-Fried apparently had a lot of really weird, kinky parties with his girlfriend, uh, kindly known as the Meth Goblin, uh, online. And he was asked about that. Here's how it went. Um, there have been pictures taken of something called uh, MSAM, uh, which yeah. apparently uh, increases levels of dope into the brain. It's actually for Parkinson's. Were you taking that? It's a patch. So I, it, it's, it's funny hearing this. I, I had my first sip of alcohol after my 21st birthday. And I think I, I have maybe half a glass of, uh, of alcohol a year, roughly speaking. Uh, there were no wild parties here. When we had parties, we'd play board games. And, you know, 20% of people would have three quarters of a beer each or something like that. Um, and, you know, the rest of us would, would not drink anything. I see, you know, any legal drug use uh, around me, you know, at the office at, at these parties, like, and, 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 and when I say parties, I mean, like, you know, having people over for dinner is what that meant. Um, uh, and look, I can't talk about anyone else, like, you know, what they're prescribed between themselves and their, their, their doctors or psychiatrists. Um, I can say for me, um, I don't know, like, I, uh, if this guy sees the inside of a courtroom, then it will be the end of the financial sector in America. This guy sees the inside of a courtroom, then Americans will immediately pull their money out of these hedge funds and out of these 401k management companies. They'll say, who the hell are these people? Because Sam Bankman-Fried is emblematic of a finance culture of soy-infused bros that are simply looking to play the woke game, ESG, Get out of jail free cards. Sam Bankman-Fried oversaw the largest implosion of money in human history. He's 30 years old. His cryptocurrency boom to bust was a $26 billion boom to bust. After launching FTX in 2019, he became an influential political donor, and he donated almost exclusively to Democrat and woke causes. Why? Well, because they were in power. And they could control who gets prosecuted and who doesn't. And the flippancy and the absolute bereavement of these people writing in to Sam Bankman-Fried, who's sitting there shaking. You notice he's like his arm is just twitching the whole time. Somehow not in chains, somehow not currently in handcuffs, just shows you exactly who the protected classes are. The protected, the protected classes are the classes that you're not allowed to make fun of, that you're not allowed to speak freely about. And Sam Bankman-Fried mm, just disappeared entirely. Largest scandal of our time. Yet Elon Musk, Elon Musk liberating Twitter is the one who gets our scorn. Well, people who will probably be getting a little bit of scorn and we're waiting for him to leak right now is Donald Trump. His tax returns were handed over after a years-long fight to a Democrat committee in the House Ways and Means. From 2013 to 2018, Trump's IRS forms were handed over. Rep. Richard Neal of Massachusetts, the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, sought the 76-year-old former president's tax returns since 2016 when Trump got office. This, of course, paves the way for the GOP to get to the tax returns of Joe Biden, which would be fascinating to see. Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, let's go. I want to see George Soros's tax returns. Come on. Let's go. Now the precedent's been set. We'll roll them in. 
The sword hangs over all of us, and Democrats put it there. Last time Trump's tax returns were leaked, Rachel Maddow hyped it pretty hard and then had this to say on air as she was reading them. What I have here uh, is a copy of Donald Trump's tax returns. We have his federal tax return for one year, for 2005. Let me give you the basics. Um, aside from the numbers being large, uh, these pages are straightforward. He paid uh, $38 million, looks like $38 million in taxes. He made more than $150 million in that year. Mazel tov. Uh, we got these pages. We got this document today from a Pulitzer Prize winning investigative journalist who's better on financial matters than almost anybody else in the business. So we've proved that Donald Trump made a lot of money. This is going to come as a shock to you. Donald Trump's rich. And then Donald Trump also was very generous. He overpaid his taxes and he gave a lot to charity. We we have this incredible breaking report for you. <laughs> Great job, everyone. And we look forward to seeing whatever they're going to leak next. What you're going to find out is that Donald Trump's rich guy who's pretty generous and pays his taxes. That's what you're going to find. Good job. Well done, everyone. Well done, everyone. Also on Nancy Pelosi retiring way to go in spite of the RNC, in spite of Ronna McDaniel, who are also deeply again, we're going to wage a war against Ronna McDaniel as RNC chairwoman. She does not deserve to keep that position. Wage a war against Mitch McConnell. Jury's out on Kevin McCarthy. We'll see if he follows through on his promises. If he does, he'll be fine by us. You're cool. You're cool. Not you. Not you. That's right. That's how it's going to work on this show. Hakeem Jeffrey is has been elected to replace Nancy Pelosi. This man is an election denier. Democrats voted to replace Nancy Pelosi, 82 year old with Jeffries. He won the post in an uncontested election after Pelosi left the position. Whip Clyburn also opted to step down along with Steny Hoyer. Pelosi announced her decision to step down shortly after the Democrats lost control of the House in the midterms. We have the footage of that happening here. And with great confidence in our caucus, I will not seek re-election to Democratic leadership in the next Congress. Very good. Maybe stop putting deeply deranged geriatric old cretins in charge of this country. This is always a bad idea. Do not take people in their 80s. This is 82. Joe Biden's in his 80s. Klaus Schwab is in his 80s. He's 85. George Soros in his 90s. Do not like those people do not have the right motivations. They do not have the correct functionality. And it's those people who are actually destroying so much of what we call our world right now, along with Joe Biden, who let's end on a happy note here, uh, is seriously, deeply brain damaged. He couldn't even light a Christmas tree correctly yesterday. Uh, Joe Biden was talking about a beautiful lady uh, singing. Uh, they do the Christmas tree lighting every single year. And there's like a they, they bring out some people to sing. Joe Biden clearly didn't know who those people were. And uh, Joe Biden had this to say. Thanks for tonight's host, LL Cool J. Give him a, and all the great, incredible performers who are here. As a matter of fact, I don't know how they did it with uh, just that one beautiful lady coming out. Anyway, long story. Freezing. But I don't know how they did the one beautiful lady coming out. Go back and shower with your daughter, creepy old weirdo. And he, he did actually end up, just like the Grinch, stealing uh, something from Christmas. He stole the microphone when he left the stage.
microphone back, you old creep. Why are you walking off the microphone? <laughs> All right. Well, we won't be walking off with our microphone. Our microphone will be here every single day right here. The Pure Talk microphone will be here every single day for you. We will be bringing you the correct news and information that you need in order to understand the world around you. We'll do that because we have our priorities straight on this show. God, family, country. We'll do it because we're born free men and women, and we're going to stay that way because we're going to fight offense only on this show. Keep on offense. No retreat, no surrender. Like Apple surrendering to Elon Musk. Isn't it a beautiful thing when we actually fight and go on offense? We have the popular majority. We have the soul of the country, and we have history, art, and legacy on our side. Ladies and gentlemen, all we need to do is fight and we will fight for you every single day on The Benny Show. My name is Benny Johnson. See ya.